You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. This is Bible teacher Nelson Walters, and today we're going to discuss the hot topic, are tribulation saints left behind at the rapture by Jesus in the church? Is there even such a thing as a tribulation saint? It's not a phrase that appears in our Bible, but according to the Christian site gotquestions.com, a tribulation saint is a Christian alive during the 70th week of Daniel or the tribulation. So I think we can all agree, no matter what our respective position is on the rapture, that there will be Christians alive during that time of persecution and difficulty. There's no doubt about it. Revelation 7.14 tells us this directly. John sees a great multitude in heaven before the throne of the Father and is told, quote, These are those who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of a lamb. So, Not only are there Christians alive in the tribulation, there are even some in the great tribulation, because that's what these saints come out of, and their destination is to arrive before the throne of the Father in heaven. All of us can agree about this as well. But we still have a lot of questions. How did they end up in the tribulation? How did they come before the Father's throne in heaven? Are they part of the body of Christ? Are they part of the bride of Christ? Before we get to those answers, a quick shout out to Lee Fuller, a member of this community who researched this question for us. You probably noticed that around here, we make podcasts based on your research. If you have ideas, we welcome questions like this. Revelation 7.14 isn't the only verse in Revelation that supports the idea that saints are found in the 70th week of Daniel. The Greek word hagios, which is translated as saints, holy ones, set-apart ones, however you wish to translate it, is found in a number of verses in Revelation. For example, Revelation 13.7, And it was given to it, the beast, to make war with the saints and to conquer them. And it was given authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation. That verse speaks of the beast conquering the saints physically. A few verses later in Revelation 13.10, it speaks of how they are physically conquered. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity he goes. If anyone is killed by the sword, by the sword it is necessary for him to be killed. Here is the endurance and faith of the saints. So the saints are going to endure a great deal during that time, imprisonment and martyrdom. But they're rewarded for it. Look what it says later in Revelation 19, 7-8. The marriage of a lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. And it was given to her that she should be clothed in fine linen. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. The wedding dress of the bride of Christ is made up of the righteous acts done by these saints. <laughs> Pretty amazing. So it's very obvious that the saints during the 70th week of Daniel are just as set apart, just as beloved as those at any other time in history. This is interesting. 
because there's a group out there that actually claims that tribulation saints are a second class of saint, neither part of the body of Christ nor the bride of Christ. I have a very hard time with this theory because it flies in the face of Scripture. In Matthew 20, 16, Jesus said that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. Kind of the opposite of what these uh, folks in this group are saying. In fact, in the parable of the vineyard workers, the last to come to work were paid first. This doesn't sound like second-class citizens to me. If anything, they're super overcomers. Hypernikao in the Greek, because of what they endure. This is found in Romans 8, 37-39. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. That's hypernikao, or super overcomers, by the way. Through him who loved us. So it's through Christ. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, and that's demonic powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the Christians in the tribulation will face all these things and more and overcome them by the blood of the Lamb. As we just saw, the bride of Christ wears the righteous acts of the saints as a wedding dress. Obviously, they are part of the bride if she wears their acts. And in terms of being part of the body of Christ, in Romans 12, 4-5, we read this, For as we have many members in one body, and all the members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and everyone members of one another. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been made to drink into the one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If there is one body, (laughs) these tribulation saints are part of it. And everyone who is saved is sealed with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, 13-14 In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. So they are just as loved as any believers alive prior to the 70th week of Daniel. We should never refer to them as second-class Christians, whether they're saved before or after the 70th week of Daniel. The question remains unanswered, though. Are a group of Christians left behind? by the rest of the church, when the others are raptured into heaven? And the answer is no, it's a trick question. Every true believing Christian is taken in the rapture. However, it appears a group who will be Christians in the future, after the 70th week, who get saved after the 70th week begins, are left behind. To this, those favoring a pre-tribulation rapture say, yes, yes, yes. The mid-tribulation rapture camp says, yes, 
but only for the second half of the 70th week. And the pre-wrath camp also says yes, but for an even shorter period of time during the second half of the week. So three out of four of the rapture camps believe some people will be left behind by the rapture only to be saved later. And this is not a strange thought to most Christians. Does the Bible support this? Yes. In Revelation 14, we see the events on the day of the Lord and the return of Jesus. On that day, three angels give their testimony to the entire world prior to Jesus harvesting the righteous saints of all the ages. This harvest is the resurrection and rapture. But look what is said immediately before that event from a voice from heaven. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord, that is Christ, from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labors, for their deeds will follow them. Revelation 14, 13. So, there will be those left behind at the harvest who are going to come to faith and who die in Christ after the rapture. Why else would a voice from heaven make this declaration immediately before Jesus harvests the earth at the rapture? This can only mean one thing, that there are those who miss the rapture and that they're left behind and must endure the wrath of God. Then, during that wrath of God period, they come to faith. All Christians agree that unsaved Jews are going to be among this group who don't come to faith until the end of the 70th week. This is not a controversial topic. Nearly everyone agrees that all Israel, who survived the Great Tribulation, will come to faith in Christ upon his return to fight the Battle of Armageddon. It should not be a stretch then that Gentiles, during that same period, can come to faith as well. Evidence for this is found at the fifth trumpet, which occurs after the sixth seal rapture. Those with the mark of God on their foreheads are not stung by the demon locusts from the bottomless pit. They can only have the mark of God if they're saved. And if they're saved after the rapture, their salvation had to have happened after that major event. Some who favor a post-tribulation rapture will argue, no, 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 no. There's one body of Christ and it can't be saved in part. That's just simply not true. There are multiple resurrections after all. Three of them are listed in 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through to 26. In the first century, there were the first fruits. Then there's one at the sixth seal, at the return of the Lord, the last day of this age, and then one after the millennial kingdom. In Revelation 24 through 5, these final two are mentioned again. So God will resurrect in portions. If you miss the one at the return of the Lord, you will have to wait for the one that comes after the millennial kingdom. So those who miss the resurrection at the rapture are going to be resurrected a thousand years later. God resurrects in groups. And certainly, a number of churchgoers who are unsaved, those attending church, but not those who have placed their faith in Jesus, will miss the rapture and possibly get saved during the wrath of God, period. In the parable of the ten virgins, all ten are watching for the return of the bridegroom, Jesus. These are those thinking they're Christians, after all. But because their torches burn out, that is, their testimony fizzles out, the door of heaven 
is locked on them. They are locked out, forced to remain on the earth during the pouring out of the wrath of God. In the parable of the talents, the servant of the master who hides this great wealth is cast into outer darkness. Again, this could be hell, but it also could simply be staying on the earth with the sun and the moon darkened during the wrath of God period. Now, all of these are servants of the master. Again, they're thinking they're Christians. Are some that fall into these categories saved once the fireworks of the wrath of God begins? Well, some may not. Many may not be, but some might. We don't know, but certainly we know the Jewish remnant does come to faith. The Jewish remnant, after all, are tribulation saints based on the definition given to us by GodQuestions.com. So, we've established there will be saints saved after the rapture. Has to be. We've established that these saints are part of the body of Christ and the bride of Christ. But we haven't established who the saints are before the throne of God in Revelation 7-9, the vast multitude who appear there after the sixth seal and before the seventh seal. In Revelation 7.14, we're told explicitly that they are those who came out of the great tribulation. So some of them have to be these so-called tribulation saints. The vast majority of Christians with both pre-tribulation and post-tribulation rapture positions consider them to be souls of those who died in the great tribulation. Only those holding the pre-wrath view believe they are something different, that they are newly raptured saints in resurrection bodies. So let's see the evidence for each side. The scripture passage doesn't tell us whether they're souls or raptured saints in resurrection bodies. The pre-trib and post-trib camps have assumed they're souls since their eschatology doesn't have a rapture happening at that time, around the sixth seal. So, from their point of view, what else could they be other than souls? Therefore, the weight of proof is going to fall in the pre-wrath camp. And, fortunately for those doing this exegesis, there is a description of people in heaven explicitly called souls at the fifth seal. So, we can compare those souls to the vast multitude seen at the sixth seal, and possibly we can figure out if they're the same or different. Let's start with the souls at the fifth seal. We're told they are martyrs for the word of God and their testimony. So these are saints who laid down their lives to testify about Jesus and to stand by the Bible as the true word of God. Let's look at some characteristics of these martyrs. First, we are explicitly told they're souls, disembodied spirits. This means they are in heaven prior to receiving a resurrection body. Second, they're located beneath the altar of sacrifice in heaven. They are not before the throne of the Father, but are in some kind of holding area. We're told their attitude is one of crying out for vengeance. And we're told they're not wearing white garments, but are given them at the end of this section as a promise they will be able to wear them someday. The angel tells them, that they are to rest until the full number of the additional martyrs are reached. It's a very interesting picture of what it's like in heaven before the rapture and resurrection. 
Not the kind of picture that most people have of being right there with the Father, right there with Jesus. These people are somewhere else, and they don't sound really happy like you would expect them to be to be in heaven. These are then immediately contrasted with the vast multitude that are seen at the sixth seal, the very next event during the Great Tribulation. Let's look at their characteristics. First, although pre-trib and post-trib aficionados believe their souls also, these people aren't cult souls, and they do things that require bodies. They're wearing a white robe. They're standing. They're waving palm branches. All these things lean towards them having a body, a resurrection body, rather than being disembodied spirits. Second, their location has changed. They're no longer beneath the altar, but they're now before the throne of the Father in heaven. Why was that change of location possible? Well, without resurrection bodies, perhaps souls of former believers are not worthy to be in the presence of a holy God. Resurrection bodies are sinless. If you notice at the resurrection, in 1 Thessalonians 4.17, we're told only after the resurrection and rapture are the resurrected saints always to be with the Lord. This implies that maybe they weren't always with him prior to the resurrection. And the souls of the martyrs being beneath the altar away from the Father, to me, confirms this. The attitude of the vast multitude has changed as well. They aren't crying out for vengeance anymore, nor are they resting as the angel asked. Rather, they're crying out in praise and thanksgiving. So something has radically changed for the martyrs. We believe this change is their transformation into resurrection bodies that happens at the resurrection rapture event. That means this event happens after the sixth seal and before the seventh seal, just like pre-wrath supposes. Now, to which some will say, hey, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Revelation 7.14 says they all have come out of the great tribulation. The resurrected saints were from all the ages. Like, I mean, you know, this would include people from the first century. How could they all come out of the great tribulation? Interesting question. The resurrection and rapture event takes place at one moment in time. Every saint in that event, whether they were resurrected from the first century or whether they were still alive, come out of that one moment in time. If that moment was during the Great Tribulation or right at its conclusion, then they all came out of that moment, out of the Great Tribulation. So I think we can conclude that the vast multitude and the souls of the martyrs appear completely different. Everything has changed. And if everything has changed, there must have been an event that caused that change. And that event must logically be the resurrection and the rapture. So, this is Bible teacher Nelson Walters. I hope you found this teaching interesting. The rest of my teachings, 500 plus videos, can be found on the Nelson Walters channel on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Nelson Walters. Till the next time, blessings. 
Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode.